The Arizona Cardinals have made their first big offseason move. They made a couple smaller ones. What does that mean for the roster moving forward? And we're going to give you a little damn Kyler Murray appreciation because it's necessary with all of the quarterback pieces moving around the rest of the NFL. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody. Thursday episode of Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow him at Bob Brock. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Stuff's still booming. Please comment. Please do everything that you've been doing. Thank you very much to everybody who's along this journey with us. Uh, Jordan Hicks, no longer an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, he was released. It'll save the Cardinals six and a half money against the cap with a bonus hitting about a week from now. Um, this will give one of the better leaders the Cardinals have had over the last 15 years um, a chance to go make money elsewhere. Bo and I kind of differ a little bit on the optics of this. Uh, we'll talk about that. A couple smaller moves were made that, that Bo's going to lead in the second segment. What does this mean for the running back and wide receiver room moving forward, if at all? Um, and Carson Wentz was traded yesterday. Russell Wilson was traded the day before. Aaron Rodgers put his organization through the meat grinder the day before. It's time for a Kyler Murray appreciation post, regardless of the high school drama that's been going on this offseason via Instagram and otherwise. So jam-packed show here today. So first, Jordan Hicks has been released, okay? Um, there's a couple different ways to look at this. Sure, he was going to be making $9.5 million in the upcoming season. That's too much money for the output that he put out last season especially, but he's never been a guy that's really been an absolute mauler on the defense. He's a guy that is towards the towards the top of the NFL in tackles over the last handful of years, was a bright, a bright sight for sore eyes when they signed him from Philadelphia a handful of years ago. I'm looking at this as the Cardinals now have zero safety net for second-year Zavin Collins, who couldn't get on the field last year, and Isaiah Simmons, who took steps towards what we hoped we would see with him coming out of Clemson the year before last year. And But as of right now, those two young gentlemen are going to be coupled in the middle of this defense without a safety net now that Jordan Hicks is gone. That's what worries me. Now, obviously, and Bo, you'll jump in here in a sec, but like th th this is just the beginning. This is the starting line. For, for all the offseason, free agency, the draft, et cetera, it's just a little ominous for me because I don't necessarily trust what's going to be coming next. Yeah, you should be have nervous excitement about the idea that, hey, Zayvon Collins, uh, you don't have that safety net any longer as far as Jordan Hicks being there, that uh, if Zayvon Collins once again shows that he can't stay on a football field and shouldn't be on a football field getting significant snaps, that you don't have that guy playing behind him. But here's where uh, I think that you can be okay with this move with Jordan Hicks, the business side of the NFL, where the guy is going to, you get six and a half million dollars for a team that is absolutely just, cap starved right now the Arizona Cardinals with the move are just under seven million dollars in cap space and now as Alex kind of is, is leading alluding to is 
that th there's a lot of more moves to be co down, coming down the pike, whether it's releases, whether it's restructures, what it may might, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but Jordan Hicks production, especially the last two seasons is something that you could go out and you could pay a guy, uh, you know, around what a veteran minimum would be in the NFL. And, and there's your safety net. You don't have to bank the, break, break the bank. You can go get a guy out there. Uh, it doesn't take away from the professionalism that that Jordan Hicks showed uh, during, especially in his last season for the Arizona Cardinals, where you know he was pretty much on the roster and told he wasn't going to start. And then he, you know, asked for a trade politely, he's transparent about where he stood with the organization, and then just played his ass off uh, the entire 2021 season. Um, I think down the stretch it showed, okay, Jordan Hicks might have had a better year, uh, maybe not statistically, but you saw it with your own eyes that he was he was a little bit better. He hadn't lost as big of a step as we thought as he did in the 2020 season, uh, but still going to be 30, going to have a large cap number. For me, this is, you know, turnover at uh, half court, nine players back, and you're just laying the ball into the basket. It's, it's an easy move for the Arizona Cardinals to kind of start to create some cap space. Yeah, and if we're looking at this in a vacuum with releasing a soon-to-be 30-year-old linebacker who's kind of lost a step, not great in coverage, et cetera, trying to pave the way for the young guys, absolutely. I get it in a vacuum. And I also understand that this situation was put together by some failed moves in the past or some, some moves that were not made through the draft or were and failed and were needed to, you know, you need to bring in veterans who already had a higher cap number than what a rookie would. So I understand the move to be made, him them releasing him is the, it's the rational move for where they are, but where they are was irrationally built. I, I that think that like, Jordan Hicks is on any roster in the NFL and, and he's making the money he's making, it's just, and that was the deal that and it's been kind of uh, moved around a little bit since he signed the original contract. But I mean, I, I think 30, 32 teams make this move as far as Jordan Hicks and where he is in his career. Like just, but there wasn't a restructuring a, on the place. Like there wasn't anything like you could add an extra year here and move yeah, things just, around for, for, I mean, you already pretty much went, if the situation that happened at training camp, I think was pretty much, the the nail in the coffin that there wasn't going to be this goodwill restructuring negotiation that could potentially happen this offseason so right because that like, was it, it, you'll agree with me maybe you won't that that was boneheaded's mean but that was the wrong move for steve Cohen to proclaim a rookie who hadn't played it down in the nfl the starter six months before training camp or, or no Look, if it, it, it might be naive to be confident roster. about your first round. I mean, you want that player to be an impact maker day one. And yeah, did did, did Steve Kime speak out of turn? He, was he did he jump get get ahead of himself? Absolutely. Um, and Jordan Hicks proved him wrong. But I just don't think that there's a lot left in the tank uh, for Jordan Hicks to continue to prove anybody wrong. It's just I think you can find a replacement level player to get the production from Jordan Hicks, to give yourself some sort of safety net that if Zayvon Collins continues to prove that he's overwhelmed at the NFL level. like that's, But I am excited now that, that Vance Joseph potentially does not have somebody to put in the game over Zayvon Collins. Like I want to see this guy sink or swim, and this is kind of a precursor move to that. But also, 
opening up cap space for the Arizona Cardinals to go out and, and improve this roster. Yeah. In theory, if that whole plan works, it's a good move. If what we saw last year, like say they did trade him last year when he, when Steve Kime so nicely of him after ripping the starting job from him for a rookie who has never played before. It's like, you know what, buddy, go ahead. You can request a trade if you want to no rip. Okay. So, but if they would have traded him last year, there would have been many more issues than if Jordan Hicks weren't on the roster. Right. I mean, that's, I, I think that's fair to say. Now we can go back and forth in a in a spin cycle like that as much as we want. Alex Clancy, Bob Rugg, locked on Cardinals. Jordan Hicks no longer a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, what's next is going to be very interesting. Now the Cardinals did make they, they uh, offered two tenders that are going to kind of that the email came out right after they released Jordan Hicks, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if that was coincidence or not. Uh, two familiar names to kind of a lesser degree of importance. Um, are going to be Arizona Cardinals next year. We'll talk about what that means for their respective positions. Um, I hope it doesn't mean anything. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, Locked On Cardinals. Uh, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. Dude, nine days, eight days from all the latest odds, contests, and prop, player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, man. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, uh, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you to everybody who makes Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. We are eternally grateful. A uh, couple smaller moves the Cardinals made. Uh, same day as Jordan Hicks being released. Two familiar names, Antoine Wesley, who had kind of a splash last year, um, had a couple touchdowns, was one of Kyler's favorite receivers on the outside, a Texas Tech guy um, so, who Cliff Kingsbury knew very well. He kind of went to him a little bit more down the stretch than you would have expected, even though DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the field, uh, especially on third and short, Kyler Murray's favorite go route down the sideline, 20 yards. And then Jonathan Ward, who was responsible for maybe the best catch of the NFL season last year, at least in the top five on the fake punt called by Jeff Rogers uh, slash Cliff Kingsbury to extend a Cardinals drive down the stretch. Now, Bo, little, I'm not even going to say big. Well, I'll say it just because that's what it is. Big deal, little deal, or no deal regarding the future moves for the Arizona Cardinals and the running back and wide receiver. <laughs> I would say just uh, between no deal and, and little deal. I mean, this is just the team holding on to players, keeping a little continuity as far as the wide receiver room. Uh, I think more with Ward it, it, because, as you mentioned, the big, huge play made on special teams, probably a team's guy. Really what hasn't been in the mix the last couple of years as far as the running back rooms goes. Um, so they'll retain Ward at a, at a decent price point. He's a warm body that's in the room that that knows both the offense and, and special teams. And then Antonio or Antoine Wesley was a guy that yeah he flashed, but I, I think you hope that Antoine Wesley is more in, in this the role that he was in this past season, not where he was taking over for DeAndre Hopkins, but more where he's going to be a fourth, fifth wide receiver with size, athleticism that maybe gets like one, two targets a game, because if he's getting more than that, if he's commit if, at a necessity, if he's getting more than that, 
I think the Arizona Cardinals are in a tough spot. And, and that's not like an indictment on Anto- Antoine Wesley. I think he's a, he's a fine player. He's just like, if you expect big things out of him, you're in, in, you're in trouble. Well, let me tell you what. I mean, he could be a Gabriel Davis. Like, if you want to keep no. people honest. That's like, insulting not, to saying, Gabriel Davis. No, I'm <laughs> saying in that offense where you have, like, he's the third option in that offense. Okay? If you have DeAndre Hopkins and maybe maybe not Gabriel Davis, maybe a Josh Reynolds when he was with when he was with the Rams. Okay? That's Jordan fine. Reynolds? Yeah. Jordan Reynolds? Josh, Josh. Reynolds. I went yeah. to school with a Jordan Reynolds. True story. So, Shout Josh out. Reynolds. So if you have DeAndre Hopkins, they bring in or draft a wide receiver. It's going to be a wide receiver too. And you have Antoine Wesley, a guy that you have to account for because you saw what he could do last year. I think that's great. Third uh, possession receiver, like the new version of Keyshawn Johnson. I get that. Okay. But if you're going to add any sort of, yeah, extra, extra expectation into that, you you uh you're you're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, if Cliff is hanging out in his Paradise Valley mansion and he's scheming up plays for Antoine Wesley, put some socks on. I mean, what are we doing he, here? Are you wearing socks right now in in your humble abode? I, I am. Okay, all right. Uh, Antoine Wesley, like, you're you're not <laughs> scheming for that, but like, yeah, if if he does find himself and he can make big plays, and and that's good. It's it's uh you know it's it's a very low risk move it's very low uh reward as well but you know what you're gonna get from wesley you should be you should like what you saw from him what do you have like 19 catches on 30 targets it's like that's fine um you know there there were moments where like you felt like he could have gotten a toe drag was that against the detroit lions um that he could have gotten a big touchdown there like a, a more i guess polished receiver probably gets it done um, but if you're expecting like big things, like for him to emerge is, is a, is kind of a vocal point in, in any like way in this offense, that's, that's going to be a tough look for the Cardinals to kind of spin to a fan base where now after seeing what this offense looks like without Deandre Hopkins for the first time in two years, uh, you, you got to get a, a playmaker opposite him. And, and then those, those complimentary pieces like Antoine Wesley looks a lot better. Yeah, and there is one thing, there is one bright spot here, and you know a lot of wide receivers are capable of this, but his jump ability and tough catch ability, yeah. it's off the, like, from from like a college player who's struggling to make it in the NFL to a bona fide NFL player who can jump up and catch the ball over double coverage, we've seen mm-hmm. the latter. Like, we've seen that in his, in his, in his tool chest. Mm-hmm. So, in his tool belt. So, at least there's that. So, if there's a jump ball, if like, for a red zone target, he's a big dude. You can't teach height. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It, it, you know, it, it, it'll be a good good piece for Cliff Kingsbury's arsenal moving forward if he's not a focal point. Now, Jonathan Ward, he and Eno Benjamin would always flip-flop back and forth being practice mm-hmm. squad or being active on game day. I wonder what we'll see from Eno Benjamin next year if he's going to be more of an integral. Like, if it's going to be Jonathan Ward or Eno Benjamin, if you have to pick one, if you're, you know, having three running backs active on game day. Running back room is the biggest question mark it seems like yeah. on the offensive side of the ball, because there's nobody under contract. It's not, not named Eno Benjamin or Jonathan Ward. So, well, yeah, just, just call, Eno what he is right now. It's RB one. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> de facto. He's de but facto RB one. And, and if, if you are an Eno Benjamin truther, because there is a large contingent of Cardinals fans probably went to ASU and saw Benjamin shine as a sun devil. And we're always wondering why he never had a bigger role for this organization. Like the, 
the exclusive rights tender to Jonathan Ward, it, it really doesn't impact, you know, Benjamin. Like he's still going to be like he's going to have to fight for a roster spot, you know, is and he's probably going to be that RB three no matter what, you know, even though he's the de facto RB one for the Cardinals right now. But and hopefully has the ability to kind of flash like he did last year where he, you know, truck sticked a couple guys, a couple defenders and had his first touchdown of his young career. Uh, so, so hang tight, you know, take a couple beats there. Eno truthers, like it, it doesn't just uh, torpedo his chances of continuing on this roster. Yeah. And he's not averaging 2.5 yards per carry. Like there, there are upsides there where if you need a guy to stick in, you know, it's not like, a, hey, is Adrian Peterson free this week? We don't have a running back, you know, which is where uh, other teams were with injuries and otherwise. I mean, you played for Seattle last year, for crying out loud. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, yeah, Th- this is this is more of a kind of uh, backroom move than Antoine Wesley because we saw Antoine Wesley actually be a focal point of the offense last year. Not so much unless it was special teams for uh, for Jonathan Ward. So, yeah. I mean, it was just news and notes we have to talk about because we have had nothing new to talk about regarding mm-hmm. player movement, just scraping of social media accounts. Having said that, seem everything seems to be copacetic now. Kyler Murray's popped on his old pictures on Instagram. That's not what we're going to talk about next. Why should the Cardinals be – well, why should Cardinals fans be appreciative of everything they're experiencing now with Kyler Murray, regardless of how the last two seasons have ended, we're going to tell you. Alex Lancey, Bobrock, Locked On Cardinals. All right. It's the Kyler Murray appreciation segment. We do this like, what, once every like 15 podcasts or something, we'll take one segment out and just say, you know what? Stop it. Okay. Kyler Murray is a top, but you know what? Even for the haters out there, Kyler Murray's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. For fantasy football purposes, he's a QB1. And for the last three years, he's been top three fantasy football. So with Carson Wentz being traded yesterday and with Jimmy Garoppolo still up in the air, is Trey Lance ready? Who's going to be the quarterback in Seattle? Like, there are so many teams. that In Indianapolis now, there are so many teams who don't know who their quarterback is going to be or don't trust their quarterback to lead them in a positive way towards the future, regardless of what has transpired, especially towards the second half of last season and through this offseason so far, you've got to show some appreciation for what Kyler Murray's done for this organization. And no this isn't this isn't a homer take. This is look at what he's done. This isn't Max Hall. This isn't Josh McCown early in his career. This isn't John Skelton. This isn't Drew Stanton. This isn't, you know, I, if we have to explain to you how special this young man is you're closed off to reality <laughs> and it's... what we've seen even though we're watching a young man grow up in front of our very eyes and mm-hmm. he's not perfect okay his leadership skills are lacking right now it doesn't mean he's not going to get better this isn't a finished product so just appreciate what what kyler murray is mm-hmm. for this organization and who he could be for the future of this organization. Just need to appreciate that once in a while. Take a step back. I mean, think about the NFC. Uh, I mean, quarterbacks play in in this conference. It's like Matthew Stafford just won an, a, a title. You've got uh, yeah, Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, but outside of those names, I mean, who would you take on an NFC team 
at the quarterback position outside of outside of Kyler Murray. I mean, Kirk Cousins? No. Who who else is there? On the like, think about it. Think about the conference. It, it like after Russell Wilson moved on, it's a it's kind of a sad collection of QBs. Still probably take Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the top <laughs> dog, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, outside of that, with Tom Brady retiring and, and recently you had Drew Brees exit, he, he called it a career season ago. I mean, and then you look at, like, what Washington was and, and how they just scoured, you know, the NFL earth for anybody that can play the position and they landed on Carson Wentz. It's like, you better thank your lucky stars that you weren't, didn't have to pull off that move. You didn't have to give up what they had to give up to get, you know, in the NFL world, a mediocre quarterback with, you know, who can flash here and there, like Kyler Murray at his age, what he's already accomplished, where his shortcomings are um, and, and where he can improve. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals are in a great spot. And if you're wishing for them, like somebody in, in the chat on YouTube said Desmond, the Cardinals should go after Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Like you want to move off of Kyler Murray for Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. I mean, let's think about both of them played Alabama in the college football playoff, and one of them played really well, and the other one was Desmond Ritter. I mean, it's it's just I think that the Arizona Cardinals, like you have to appreciate who he is. You have now now you're just kind of biding time until he gets that extension and gets locked in, and this relationship kind of mends itself. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. A lot of things I talked about this a couple a couple podcasts ago. There's timing is so important. Like timing in a career of a professional athlete is so important. And the NFC has never been. I mean, the AFC is twelve teams deep. Yeah, you know, like look at the playoff picture in in the AFC the last two years. Okay, and. The future of the Arizona Cardinals is predicated upon Kyler Murray. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's never been like the Cardinals were never at the top of a weak NFC West. They were always part of the weakness. And now you look at the NFC West start there. It's like two teams don't know who their quarterback is. And one quarterback went from looking like he wasn't worth it midway through the season to yes, winning the Super Bowl, kudos, flowers, everything. And he didn't play that well in the Super Bowl. And they were they were legitimately one broken coverage, a zero blitz by Todd Bowles away mm-hmm. from potentially losing to the to Tampa Bay when they were down, when they were twenty seven three. Well, yeah, and, and if you look at the, the, what's about to happen as far as the the NFL goes, free agency is going to open up, and and you hope that. This, like Arizona Cardinals fans go to sleep, like wishing for Steve Kime to, to give Kyler Murray the playmakers necessary to really contend them. Because any player that they're going to add to this offense, like people are going to like kind of peak, like their eyebrows are going to perk up. And they're going to like, Oh, that that's, that's intriguing. Like Kyler Murray playing with this guy, Kyler Murray playing with that guy. Like the only way you get that, like there's teams that are like, what do we do at the quarterback position? The Arizona Cardinals have that figured out. And then some like, he's a, he's a top 10 guy. He's a top five, potentially, type guy and if you get him the right parts and this should be the off off season of kyler where they surround him with the talent necessary uh it gets really exciting when you think about you know who they can they can put in that wide receiver core what they can do at the tight end position which we didn't mention that uh there was reports that that zach Ertz 
they, they are in contact with his yep. representation and they want to bring him back. But then there's some other options like OJ Howard, like maybe OJ Howard could be a guy that they could bring on this offense and Kyler Murray could continue to uh, develop a rapport with a tight end in this offense. Like it's exciting to think about, you know, and Kyler Murray's the key cog that kind of moves all of this for the Arizona Cardinals. Like if you don't have him, you don't have any kind of like lure allure for potential free agents. You don't have anything like, oh, that'd be nice. It's like you can think next level with Kyler Murray being paired with anybody. Well, yeah, and and you'll see that. The Zach Ertz thing is interesting because Zach Ertz, he got a lot of attention when he wasn't getting a lot of attention where he came from, from the quarterback. He's getting a lot of attention. He's getting a lot of touches, a lot of targets, and that's something that some guy may be willing to give up two extra million dollars a year to live in Arizona, you know, be be closer to his wife, like all these things. Mm -hmm. He's made money, though. He hasn't made money. Like he got his one year, he got his one big contract from Philly, but it depends on what it depends on what he wants the rest of his trajectory of his career to be like. Because the Cardinals could offer him two year, 15, 9 mil guaranteed. I don't know if that's going to be enough. Right. Like, and, and I don't look, know if that's going like, to be enough. Tennessee needs a tight end. They're going to be aggressive as far as that goes. And you know, Nashville's a pretty fun place to live yep. too. It's like I th- I think Ertz is going to explore all options. And the Arizona car, I mean, if it's already, we already know that the tight end position teams are viewing it as like, if you've got one, hold on to one. We saw a trio of them franchise tag that you're just like, two of those three were like, hmm, I didn't think that those guys should be making right. that so, type of so, cash. So let me ask you this. So would you rather have Mike Kosicki or Zach Ertz? Because Kosicki was Ertz, wide receiver no, one. Yeah, in, just in because, yeah, just because of, I mean, Ertz, uh, what his number will likely look like. Uh, but also, you know, like, the consistency's more been there his entire career where Jusicki has been up and down. Right. And then, I mean, you look at guys like Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, yeah. both wildly, especially Jonu Smith, wildly overpaid. Tic Tac mm-hmm. Titans, the, uh, the guy that I just did a podcast with today, um, mm-hmm. he will tell you that that was one of the worst contracts of the offseason for Jonu <laughs> Smith. Like, you don't want to get into a bidding war for Zach Ertz, and you also need to realize he's a fringe tight end one still. Mm-hmm. Like fringe, like maybe the top 12 or top 13 tight end in the league. Yeah. What's well, interesting is like when you look at the number, what it cost them for the franchise tag, like do they think that they could get Zach Ertz for that number over two over years? Over two years. Well, because they'd be scared like, hey, we can't work out uh, an extension because he can make that in one year what he would make in two. So, right. I mean, unless you want to give him a three-year deal and give him seven mil a year and be like, there's no out there. Like what the Cardinals need is stability like Kyler Murray said you can take that definition forever what you want it's it's financial stability for him it's stability from the front office I don't know if he want like who knows if he wants Cliff Kingsbury to be his head coach I'm sure he does but stability and roster stability is important one-year deals or two-year deals that turn into one-year deals is not stability he what if you know that he's going that Zach Ertz and J.J. Watt are going to retire Arizona Cardinals you don't have to think about it set it mm-hmm. and forget it you have two guys that are going to be leaders for this organization two less things you have to worry about when the end of the 2022 season happens. Like that's the main goal. Like, would you rather give Zach Ertz two years, 10 mil with eight mil guaranteed or three years, 15 mil with 12 mil guaranteed and just no, mm-hmm. or 14 mil guaranteed. Like I, I'd much rather pay a premium just to know, just check the damn box. He's yeah. going to be the tight end for the next three seasons. Like, I just, I feel like they have to give some sort of, it's a different overpay. 
yeah. than overpaying someone to come here like the Cardinals have had to do in the past. We've got to get uh, a definite, you know, free agent primer tomorrow, our last show before the madness begins on Monday, and, and really yeah. look at some some guys that the Arizona Cardinals should target and maybe who we think that they will. Uh, that's going to be oh, fun. I'm getting excited. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.